You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. It's my honor right now to introduce our keynote speaker. And she's going to actually be talking about some, some things that are going to help our economy too and help with the workforce. She has a thing called a returnship initiative that is a way for us to get some of our most valuable, experienced, and needed workers back into the workforce again. So let me tell you a little bit about our honored guest today. Lieutenant Governor Deidre M. Henderson has been in office since 2013, representing Utah's 7th District, which is Southern Utah County. She grew up in Taylorsville and began her studies in political science at Brigham Young University. After settling in Spanish Fork, she ran a small business with her husband, Gabe, before launching her career in public service as the political director and campaign manager for former Congressman Jason Chaffetz. Eight years ago, Henderson emerged as an elected official in her own right, successfully running for state senator. During her years in the Utah Senate, Governor Henderson was one of two Republican women in the Senate where she gained a reputation as a strong conservative, a champion for government transparency, and a vocal advocate for women and families. She served as chair of the Senate Rules Committee, Revenue and Taxation Committee, and Education Committee, and vice chair of the Ethics Committee. Her efforts gained recognition by numerous civic groups, including Legislator of the Year by the Fraternal Order of Police and Taxpayer Advocate of the Year by the Utah Taxpayer Association. Following the 2020 legislative session, the Libertas Institute gave her the highest score in the Senate and awarded her as one of the organization's defenders of liberty. Governor Henderson and her husband Gabe have been married for 27 years and are the proud parents to four grown children and one teenager. Let's give a warm Cash County welcome to Governor Henderson. Well, good morning. It is I'm tall. I'm going to just move this a little bit. It's an honor to be here. And I want to thank, I'm going to, since he called me Governor Henderson, um, instead of Lieutenant Governor, I'm going to call him Mayor Zook, um, instead of County Executive Zook. Um, he, he's a great guy, and you guys are really lucky to have him. Um, he, he was gracious enough last night, he and his lovely wife, Andrea, to um, meet us um, in Nibley. Uh, to see the fireflies at 10 o'clock at night. He said, um, when you get there, just follow the sound of the ABBA music. So I, I knew I liked him already, but I liked him even more when I heard Dancing Queen playing when I got out of the car. <laughs> so um, it's, a, it's a real honor to be here today. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you to the organizers. It's great to see old friends and new friends and some of you that I hope will become good friends uh, in the future. And always good to see my former colleagues and almost colleague uh, in the legislature, uh, Senator Wilson and I, we were like two ships passing in the night. He was coming into the Senate when I was leaving the Senate, um, but he's um, I've been really impressed with the way he's operated in the Senate. He represents this area very well, as does Representative Johnson, and, and you should be proud of both of them. And um, the infamous Mae West once famously said, too much of a good thing can be wonderful. By that standard, these are wonderful times for Utah's economy. Utah currently has the best economy in the nation, according to a recent analysis by US News and World Report. The rankings, which heavily weighted success in healthcare, 
and education looked at the state's economy, its infrastructure, its fiscal and its fiscal stability. The study ranked Utah fifth in infrastructure and 10th in education. Not only is our overall economy strong, but we have the hottest housing market in America right now. Bank rates housing heat index for the first quarter of 2021 put Utah's housing boom atop every other market. Home values have jumped 19% in the past 12 months. Uh, for sellers, this is a good thing. For buyers, it may feel like too much of a good thing. Utah also enjoys rapid growth coming out of the pandemic, with the Department of Workforce Services reporting a 1.8% increase in private sector job growth. As many of you know firsthand, Cache County is playing a vital role in Utah's economic game plan. Recently, Wallet Hub ranked Logan as the fifth best city in the nation to open a new business. The Milken Institute also recognized Logan among the best performing small cities. This is not the economy we might have expected to see coming out of a hundred year pandemic. In addition to Utah's hot housing market and fast job growth, our statewide unemployment rate is tied for the lowest in the nation at 2.8%. Here in Cache Valley, you're doing even better. The unemployment rate is an almost invisible 2.1%, according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's a wonderful time to be a job seeker in this valley. Uh, but as Mayor Zook pointed out, for employers, that low rate can signal a little too much of a good thing. Finding qualified people to hire has seldom been more challenging. Now, these are good problems to have. We're happy to have these problems, but we recognize that our upside has a downside and it needs to be addressed. Our success requires us to take important new steps to meet the challenges of explosive growth and tight labor markets. And that's something that our administration takes very seriously. The first step to meeting these growth challenges is recognizing how we got here. The last thing we need to do is kill the proverbial goose that lays the golden eggs. Here in Utah, the golden goose is a result of business-friendly regulatory environment that includes a competitive tax climate, world-class infrastructure, and an effective education system that creates a formidable talent pipeline. In addition to these basic building blocks, our strong economy benefits from the Utah business community's extensive international connections. Our $17 billion a year export industry continues to grow even as other states see their numbers shrink, according to data from the Utah Economic Council. Now these connections will matter more and more as our world continues to shrink and our markets become increasingly global in their reach. Based on our experience, we know what is working. Now we need to look forward to address some of the growing pains our communities are experiencing. So where do we go from here? As we embrace the upside of job creation, it's now time to focus on mitigating the downside of dramatic growth and scarce labor. In short, our efforts will no longer just be focused on creating jobs, but on accommodating the demands placed on our state by our own success. Moving forward, we will focus on three things. First, as always, 
creating and supporting strong businesses and industries. Second, we will seek conditions that build livable communities where all Utahns can flourish. And finally, we will work to empower all Utahns to reach their ultimate economic potential. We know how to reach that first goal. We simply need to maintain our commitment to the building blocks of a strong economy that got us where we are today. As part of that effort, our office has worked with legislators during the last session to bring forward a new blueprint for economic opportunity in the state that allows us to maintain the economic fundamentals that made us the greatest economy in the country, while also allowing us to expand our efforts to um, include areas of other focus. One of the hallmarks of this new legislation is the creation of a new commission specifically charged with coordinating these critical economic topics. To reach the second goal of building livable communities, we have to reckon with communities that are getting too large, too fast. Now, I've been traveling around the state in my new role as Lieutenant Governor for the past few months. And the common thread that I hear everywhere is the difficulty that people are experiencing in finding housing, especially in our rural communities where it is too expensive to live. Um, and there are a lot of short-term rentals, not enough long-term rentals or homes to buy. Yesterday, I was in Rich County and they are having a hard time finding a house for law enforcement that needs to come and, and uh, live in their area. It's a real problem and it's a, a problem all over the state. Building on the success of the legislature and the previous administration, we're introducing new initiatives to address the downside of housing too much of a good thing, having too much of a good thing. Um, in April, Governor Cox signed a number of bills into law that are designed to address housing affordability. One bill loosened restrictions on homeowners who wish to rent out portions of their homes. This is the proverbial mother-in-law apartment um, bill. This creates a win-win situation for renters and homeowners and opens up a potentially vast housing stock to supplement our voracious rental market. Another bill de uh, designated $35 million for the preservation and construction of affordable housing units, an amount that's intended to be combined with private sources of funding. Other bills address solutions to the homeless crisis, including restructuring Utah's homeless service system. As part of this effort, we also need to address the separate housing affordability challenges in rural parts of our state whose populations are declining, even as our urban centers are bursting at the seams. These underserved areas have to be part of the equation moving forward. Finally, we've introduced some innovative initiatives to mitigate the downside of low unemployment. A tight labor market highlights the need to bridge the divide between education and industry. We've chosen to deal with this problem head on. Through a series of learn and work programs, we hope to incentivize more Utahns to gain the skills employers need the most through returnships, apprenticeships, and other work-based learning opportunities. In April, uh, I launched a returnship initiative to provide adults who've been out of the workforce for an extended period of time, such as full-time parents, military personnel or their spouses or family members, um, the caregivers, professionals who may have left their careers to advance their education or retirees, the opportunity to get current experience, skills, training and mentoring that they need in order to get back into the workplace. 
Unlike internships, which are designed primarily for young people at the beginning of their careers, the goal of a returnship program is to help experienced adults re-enter the workforce without starting at the very bottom of the career ladder. Diversity and life experience are valuable to us and they should be relevant to pay an opportunity in the workplace. By executive order, we have asked state agencies to identify potential returnship opportunities within their organizations by the end of this month and remove existing barriers to such positions. We're also calling on private businesses to step up and offer returnship programs in their own businesses. And many of them have answered this call. Maybe even some of you in this room, I hope. Um, we just uh, offered our own, the very first returnship um, in my office, uh, the application closed last week for that. So we're excited to, to get that program underway within my own office at the Capitol. We're also investing $15 million for the Utah Learn and Work program to provide short-term training opportunities at Utah colleges and universities. Now this program is designed for unemployed, underemployed and vulnerable workers to learn the skills they need to connect them with a new career. In some of these programs, tuition costs will be completely covered by the grants the state has made available and applications for individuals who are returning to the workforce will be prioritized. In an environment where 48,000 jobs are available and businesses struggle even to find applicants, these programs can provide a needed shot in the arm for Utah's economy. Last year, when Spencer and I were running for governor and lieutenant governor, we knew that if we won, we would be stepping into office not only in the middle of a global pandemic, but also potentially into the middle of an economic crisis as well. Thankfully, our economy has emerged strong, but we still have our challenges to face. As we experience meteoric growth in population, in our economy, in our job market, we're planning ahead to ensure that the realities of having too much of a good thing will indeed be wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. For more conversations, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found.